Welcome to a new episode of Saturday Soundbites, the vibrant and powerhouse podcast where we discuss all things visibility strategy, public relations, marketing, advertising, branding, and earned media engagement. My name is Veronica V. Sofer, and I'm your host. You know, your personal brand is the basis of your visibility strategy, and I'm committed to bringing you innovative, passionate, and successful experts who are going to teach you how to develop and enhance your visibility strategy. So whether you're an established business owner, online entrepreneur, or working professional, Saturday Soundbites is going to be your go-to podcast to hear from experts and learn executable tasks that you can start today. Be sure to check out my website, veronicavsofer.com, to learn more about what you need to have a strong and impactful visibility strategy, and to see some of the powerful courses I have created for those of you who are really ready to do it DIY style. So let's get started. Hello, hello. This is Veronica Sofer, and we are here Saturday Soundbites. We talk all things visibility strategy, public relations, marketing, advertising, branding, personal branding, all those things that we like to talk about within our group at Magnifying Your Message with Media, we're bringing to you to the podcast. So I have got an awesome guest for you today. But before we do that, take a little, take care of some business here. If you are listening on the podcast, make sure that you hit subscribe. We want to make sure you get notified every time we've got a new episode that drops. And if you're watching on Facebook, make sure that you let us know you're watching. You can put comments in there and our my guest and I will be sure to address those. Let us know where you're listening from too. And if you're watching on the replay, hashtag replay. So we know we can get back to you and uh, welcome you and answer any questions you might have there. So we're going to go ahead and get started today. You know, we've talked a lot about how to pitch stories. We've talked a lot about how to utilize the media to get your message out there, especially if you are in the corporate space, brick and mortar space, and on the online space. But I've got a guest for you that's going to really give you some insight into how the industry works. And she's a phenomenal reporter, a journalist. Her years of experience are truly, truly amazing. And she's an award-winning uh, journalist as well. So without further ado, let's bring Melissa Tabata up on the phone, uh, on the phone, on the screen. She is going to join us on stage. And here we go, Melissa. Hi. Hi. So glad to have you here. I, you are just truly, truly the interview that I was excited for the most because I think our listeners and our viewers are going to get a lot of insight into what happens on the other side of the screen. So why don't you introduce yourself, tell us about who you are, and uh, let's go ahead and get started. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, really happy to be here. Uh, so I guess I got started, honestly, in high school. So I was probably 14 and I took the basic journalism class, newspaper one, and I was addicted to it at that point. And so I studied journalism in college and um, started doing freelance work at that point and just really um, took off from there, did internships, and then I started working in newspapers, dabbled a little bit in um, TV and radio, um, but I just felt like newspapers for me at that time was where it was at. And so I um, started at the Statesman, um, gosh, in 1999. And so I was there for like 21 and a half years and just left there in December and I'm back freelancing again until I find something that I think is worth sticking around for. 
That's awesome. So straight newspaper reporting, that's what you were doing. Yep. That's pretty much what we're doing. You know, what I've been doing, although it really evolved over time. Um, certainly like every newspaper, you know, in the country now is digital and we've all had to move along, um, you know, to that format. And I remember probably in like 2000, 2001, launching our website. And that just seems like yesterday, but we're like, do we really have to post online? Um, but everything has, you know, evolved to that, to where there's definitely more content that goes up on, you know, the digital format and not necessarily uh, running in print. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And would you say, you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs who are in the digital space that listen to our podcast and watch our show. Do you feel like there is more emphasis in the digital production or is there still more emphasis on the traditional print production of newspapers? Um, definitely more digital. Uh, everything's been moving in that direction for some years. Um, and of course, you know, people still take the print product. Um, I still get a Sunday hard copy paper um, that I read, um, you know, cover to cover, uh, <laughs> like that feel of the paper. But uh, primarily, you know, it's um, maybe older generations or people who just want to have it as a souvenir or, you know, they just get tired of reading things on the screen. But because news is such a here and now, you know, you want to be updated every second, um, like the winter storms that have been happening in Texas. It's like you want minute by minute updates. So in those cases, um, you definitely um, you definitely want um, that digital format to where folks are just getting the news as it goes. It puts a lot of pressure on um, reporters because you're just having to update as you go as quickly as you can go. Um, but it's really just because the demand is there that people want it now and they're not going to wait until tomorrow to get that news. Yeah, absolutely. And we've, we've seen that happen, happening over the years and, and it's gotten faster and faster. And mm -hmm. what would you say to someone who is interested in tapping into the media and tapping into this very quick, rapid, ever-changing news cycle? How do we uh, share who we are, what we're doing, maybe our product or our business, or maybe our services. How do we work with someone like you who is operating at such a fast speed? You know, I think it's tricky and I think it's harder because, you know, we're flooded all the time with these emails and pitches. And, and so, um, basically like the message, um, you know, and I guess, okay, let me back up. I think the first thing is having a relationship, building a relationship with, reporters, um, with editors, um, about who you are and, you know, what it is that you do, how it's a public service, um, why your message is important and critical to other people, why it is, um, interesting to a broad audience and not just a singular audience. Um, and so building that relationship, I think is key uh, because it's much easier, you know, for a source to give me a call and say, like, hey, I've got a story for you. And this is somebody that I've known and trusted over the years versus um, a, like a, a cold call, just a, you know, a cold pitch where it's like you get these automated emails. And a lot of times those things, they mean to 
put your name in it and then they put put in the wrong name or <laughs> put name here. I can't tell you how many emails like that I get from PR agencies. Um, but, um, you know, just having like a concise, like we don't have a lot of time to just read all of these things or open this link. So I always tell people like put it in the body of the email because I don't have time to open up this separate PDF or the separate, you know, doc. And so tell me what it is as concisely as possible. And subject lines are really important too, because if, um, and I've, I've missed important things where I have to go back and check the email because the, the subject line was so bland that I didn't realize that it was news. So. Wow. Yeah. And you know, that's a really good point for those of people who are wanting to do this on their own. You know, there are resources out there for you, but you've got to know what the tips are. And the number one tip is have a good hook and start from the very beginning with a great subject line. And mm -hmm. if you've hired an agency or you've hired someone like me to help you, Make sure they're doing the same thing because if, if we're, we've got an expert here telling us that they get PR agencies that make those kinds of mistakes, you need to know who you're working with. So mm -hmm. I love that you said that. Um, and, and how do reporters, what makes a good story for a reporter, whether it's breaking news or uh, something in the, in the science area, something in the commerce, maybe something in, in technology or oil and gas, regardless of the industry, what makes a good story? Uh, something that's compelling and is broad enough to have appeal to a bunch of people. So if it's something that, you know, there's only, you know, a handful of people that might be interested or only a specific uh, group or, you know, industry that doesn't really work. So you have to be able to broaden it to where the average Joe is interested in reading this and how does this affect me as a person? How does this affect, um, you know, the general population or my neighbors? Um, and so I, like I did school news for, for many, many years, um, probably, you know, 15 years. And the, I always got these press releases about, you know, how, um, these kids, they did these really great things and it's like this really small school district and they won this award and it's like, well, that's great. But so did thousands of other kids across the country. And so it's not really unique. And so the more, more unique the story is, mm -hmm. the more compelling it is, um, the more interest, um, a journalist and the public are going to have in that story. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's difficult for someone who doesn't work with a reporter or doesn't work with mass media, you know, <clears throat> on social media, we can just put in Facebook, oh, my, you know, my kid did this or my uh, client did that or, you know, bra be bragging on yourself and your services. And that may work for social media, but it doesn't work for mass media. And mm -hmm. one of the things I tell people is mass media is designed to really share and legitimize who you are in your space, education or, or whatever it may be, technology, but it's got to have a unique feature. It's got to have something that stands out. So mm -hmm. what kind of tips do you offer to um, people when, you, when you're trying to, when you go talk to a panel? I've seen you speak on a panel before with PR folks and, and you've always got some great tips, a lot of do's and don'ts. I love the first one, you know, make sure you've got a good subject line, <laughs> make sure you address the email to me and right. not a com 
you know, competing paper, but what are some tips that you, that you normally give to people who are trying to appeal and build relationships with someone like you? Mm -hmm. I think the relationships part takes time, you know, you're, um, uh, and also, you know, some persistency. So reporters are really busy and we're busier now than ever. And so um, it, it, you know, the squeaky wheel does, you know, get the grease. And so the more that you're putting yourself out there, you're putting yourself in the forefront, um, the easier it is. But it's like, if you have really great content, it doesn't matter um, whether or not you actually have that relationship. If it's news, it's news. And so you have to really think about this, like what makes news and why is this important to mm -hmm. people and culture and the general population, not just me or my little business. Um, so I would say it kind of is hard to um, break through in this busyness, but if you have um, a story that's worth telling, like I would really just say, be persistent about it. Um, circling back with, you know, the person who is, you know, you're making the story pitch to, um, looping in their editors as well. Um, oh, that's great. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I mean, that's important because sometimes reporters are like super busy and they can't get to everything. You know, we don't have secretaries on the side who are like, you know, personal assistants who are helping us um, <laughs> sort through things. It's like all, you know, and I could, I mean, I was getting, hundreds of emails a day and it just mm -hmm. really was lost. And um, so if you're looping in an editor or multiple editors um, within that news organization, the more eyes that are on it, um, the better the chance that it's not going to fall through the cracks. Yeah, I love that. And do you feel like um, it's a, there are times when you really should not be reaching out to reporters and you should not be making your pitch. Say you're a salon owner and you're doing, I don't know, some great thing with, with a local charity. It's a great story. It may be unique. It meets all your qualifications. You know, I've listened to what you've said. I've done all the things you told me to do, but you're still not responding. I've often had to tell people you did do everything right but your timing was off. Talk to us about how a new cycle works. Because many of us, especially entrepreneurs wanting to do this on their own and are just trying to get tips from professionals like us who have done it for 20 plus years, what are the things that they don't know that we know? Well, um, if you were a salon owner and you're making a pitch during this winter storm that has nothing to do with the winter storm, chances <laughs> are you're not going to get a response from anybody. Um, so yes, timing is important. And I will say there is this period of time in all news organizations, like around um, Christmas and, um, you know, maybe some slow days in the summer, um, off periods, you know, spring break, where reporters literally are searching for things, new things to write about during that time because schools are closed and businesses are closed. And those are actually the most ideal time to pitch a story and say, hey, I've got something going on that's really cool and creative. Um, you know, do you need like a little feature during that time? Um, you know, we call them evergreens, so they don't really run out of, um, you know, they're, they're good, they're good for weeks or months. Um, mm -hmm. And so those stories are 
you know, we can file them away and say, okay, I'll, I'll get back to that later. Um, but timing is important. So if I, I got this a lot, you know, I'm launching this business um, and we did some real cool thing. You know, we were out in the public and we were serving people this weekend and now it's Monday and now I'm telling you about it after it has already happened. And um, here are some pictures to go with it. And it's like, well, that's great, but it would have been really great if you had told us about the event in advance so that we could be there and talk to people and it doesn't feel so staged and canned. Um, and there was, you know, just a lot of opportunities like in school news where that happened and something really cool and creative, like they were teaching, you know, um, kindergartners about the election process and they had their own little election in the classroom. And it's like just something like that. But they told us about it after it happened. And, you know, you want to if, if it's news, it's like we want to be able to tell people about it, to break the news, to have it on our platform, especially if it's an exclusive. And it's like we can say we have this. We owned it. We had it first. Um, those are always a great um you know, a great way to say like, hey, I've got a story that you might be interested in. I'm coming to you first. I want to tell you about it. And if you don't want to use it, that's great. I'm going to move along to somebody else. But here's what's happening. And here are the details of it. You know, do you want to come and get this before anyone else has it? I love it. I love that you um, put the onus on the person to let you know ahead of time, but too, and this is what I tell people all the time, the value of public relations, which is completely different from marketing and advertising, is that media can legitimize you by being that neutral observer on the side, capturing the event for you. Mm -hmm. So I love how you talked about it doesn't look staged. We don't want in public relations, we don't want anything to look staged. We want it to be organic and natural. And the other thing um, I, I'm interested in getting your perspective on is the value of origin stories. And I tell people all the time, if you are a, uh, an executive coach, if you are a CPA, I've got a couple of attorneys that I partner with. There are attorneys are a dime a dozen. Uh, a lot of them are doing the same thing you're doing, whether it's real estate or corporate or whatever. But what's your origin story? What makes you different? How that, that hook? And so is is if you are say an attorney um and you're trying to get some organic public relations and you maybe do mentor at a, at a local high school with the you know mock trial team um yeah there are probably several people in this, in, in your market doing the same thing but if someone were to pitch that to you and they talked about maybe how they were mentored by someone growing up that made a big difference that's probably going to be the focus of your story wouldn't you say yeah, that, um, that would definitely be part of it. Uh, anything that humanizes, you know, humanizes you, humanizes what you do, talks about a, a, a public service. So it's not just, you know, one person or one thing or one event, but it has broader appeal. Um, yes, I, I think anything that's going to have that human connection is going to go much further than something that, you know, hey, I just, you know, I run this program. Um, but if you can say I run this program and there was a similar program that I had growing up and it changed my life and this is why I'm an attorney, you know, or um, guess what? You know, I've mentored, you know, I've, I've worked in this space, in this high school space for, you know, three years and, you know, 
half of the kids now have gone on to school to become attorneys. You know, those are the kind of things where, you know, if it has a wow factor, it's like, wow, that's really cool. That's really interesting. And I don't see other people doing that. Then that's going to be the hook that says, hey, that's, you know, that's valuable. That's newsworthy. Um, Because a lot of times we do get these pitches and it's like everybody's doing the same thing and it isn't as newsworthy. Um, everybody feels like what they have to share is newsworthy, but if it doesn't have that broader appeal, um, it, it, it really isn't because you are competing with everything else, you know, the breaking news, the, um, you know, the, the meetings, you know, city council meetings or the, um, school board meetings and different things like that, um, that have human interest, um, and are, you know, really required by news to cover because, you know, accountability reasons. So especially if it's a feature, um, it takes a little bit more effort, you know, but mm-hmm. having those personal stories are very good. Yeah, no, I think that's great insight. And I want to make sure that people understand the distinction between a major market paper, like the one you were very experienced with and, and, um, small town newspapers versus community newspapers. I know when you go to conferences, you even go to conferences specifically for education, newspaper, education uh, media. Tell us a little bit about the difference between a large major media outlet and what maybe a small community paper might be looking for. Maybe they publish once a week or once a month. So, um, and I, and I did have some experience in that. I helped launch two community papers for the parent company um, of the newspaper I worked for. And it's extremely different. Um, community news really is about the community. So because it's a weekly or maybe because they don't have a um, website that's constantly updating, um, it's going to have time for... Uh, you know, a slower pace. So that is maybe where, you know, you write about the kids, you know, the chess club, um, you know, what they're doing or, you know, students who got these awards or um, a groundbreaking for a new business or, um, you know, this business has been in, you know, in, uh, has been running for 10 years or something like that. Um, So it is very much focused that way. And people, really love that pair. I mean, there is definitely a market for that and parents love that. Um, It's extremely different from what um, happens in a daily newspaper because so much is happening and we're trying to put out what is news to most people, not just a small community. So it's like, we're putting out news that might be picked up, you know, in New York and it's like, okay, what's happening in Texas that is important enough to be important to New Yorkers or in Boston or in California. Um, So like the Texas storm that's been happening, that has national appeal. And so you have all of the Texas papers and the local papers writing about that. Um, And you're gonna have a broad audience and various people who are gonna be reading it. And so you wanna tell as broad of stories as possible, as far of reach as possible. but for a community paper, they would be focusing on the, the small things, the, the neighbors, you know, who are helping neighbors and the businesses who stepped up. Um, so in, in those ways, it's, you know, it's quite different. Mm-hmm. And I and I also encourage, especially my brick and mortar uh, 
clients that I work with to focus on the small community papers because they may be smaller, but oftentimes they're mighty in that they have a lot of influence. People like to get those free papers tossed in their yard and they do read it cover to cover. And uh, I know in the community we were in together, um, that local um, community paper printed the honor roll for the elementary school kids yes. and people, they cut them out yes. and they read it cover to cover. And it was, it was a different product with a different purpose. Yes. But I think for someone looking to garner media, don't overlook them because they have just as much value as maybe a digital comment that you might get in a larger publication. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I think that people have to be open-minded about what media looks like. Um, Our time is getting close to wrapping up, but I wanted to just get some last thoughts from you. What are some couple of tips that people need to know? I know you've thrown out out some great gems. Um, I love the first one though, because I I see it happening more often than not. And that is not truly uh, addressing the communication to the reporter or to the editor or a, a TV producer, a Simon's editor. Um, but then the other one you mentioned was the clicks, you know, don't attach a file I have to open. Give us a couple of gems that people can write down and be mindful of as they're thinking about how to pitch to a reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you know, uh, doing it personally and, um, you know, addressing the correct person and even the correct publication, because I have gotten, (laughs) you're like sending it to a completely different, you know, group. Um, and you're like, if you don't even have time, you know, to address it to me or to address it to our publication, like, I don't really have time to read this. That means it's probably not going to be well suited. Um, and then again, you know, having that relationship, um, with the reporter following up, you know, I sent you an email now I'm calling you to see if you got that, um, including the editors, you know, in that process. Hey, you know, I know that your reporter's super busy. I'm just wondering, do you have anybody who could do that? If not you, is there someone else that you can uh, recommend within your organization who might be able to tackle this? And um, yeah, and, and just really being authentic So a lot of times you can tell it's a form letter, you can tell that it's canned. And to me, the more authentic, the more original it is, the easier it's gonna be to catch the eye of, you know, the, the reporter or the editor that you're trying to pitch it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And and I know for those of us, because we've got a lot of professionals in our group, our Facebook group, a lot of PR folks, oftentimes some of us have just resorted to text messages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for those of us on the, not the DIYers who are listening or watching, but for those of us that do it professionally, it's gotten to the point to where it's just a text because I know you're not going to read my email. I know <laughs> you're getting flooded by everything else. And I just need you to know I've got a lead here it is uh, but there's it's evolved and it's changed with technology mm-hmm. and um, I've just got to tell you I've enjoyed working with you so much over the years and I'm just so glad that you were able to join us and offer some tips for those that are new to the business or learning about it and you're just a wealth of, of information thank you so much yeah definitely texting works better than than emailing but you know again you have to have that relationship with that reporter to get their cell number so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Tip. If you don't know them, don't text them. <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> well, great, Melissa. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to move you off stage, but I appreciate all the insight and I know our viewers and listeners did too. Yeah, I had a great time. Thanks for having me. 
Well, that wraps up another episode of Saturday Sound Bites. I was thrilled with us being able to spend some time together. Everyone had lots of great um, comments. We're going to go through those. We will uh, connect with anyone who hashtagged replayed so that we can make sure that we're addressing any questions you might have. And if you want to connect with Melissa or you do think you have a good story or something to pitch, um, her contact is also in the show notes. If you are listening on the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe so that you can get notified when we drop new episodes. And with that, I'm going to wish everyone a fabulous Saturday and we will see you then. Thanks so much. <laughs>